Welcome to the Shop Teacher Podcast. This is Mr. G, and soon we'll join with Mr. Barbercheck. All right, just a preview for tonight. It's um, an off-the-cuff episode, meaning it's an unplanned conversation between Mr. Barbercheck and I. As you know, we've been doing, we've done 30 or 40 podcasts, and now we have a Wednesday night regular uh, scheduled meeting for everybody to participate. The best part about it is that I feel like I'm part of a shop teacher community. It's like, imagine instead of working with uh, one or two people in your department, I feel like I work with 30 or 40. It's amazing. We also have a newsletter. uh, So if you're listening to this for the first time, you can get on our newsletter. Uh, And all it does is just let you know when the meetings are and then also how to participate. Uh, Tonight's topics include uh, future plans of how to improve the podcast and then also the controversial situation coming up in the fall for reopening schools. Uh, there's probably one curse word over the course of an hour, so it's 99% G-rated. Uh, and there might be some sound issues uh, involving uh, me eating uh, uh, potato chips. So sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, so I hope you enjoy. And uh, I know that you're going to hear some of these topics and want to get involved. So feel free to email or you can jump on our Wednesday night podcast and you can voice your opinion of these things and we can discuss some solutions. We're also talking about professional development, uh, offering uh, classes for shop teachers by shop teachers. Anyway, all right. Enjoy tonight's episode. Thanks. Mm. Mr. Barber. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? All right, welcome to the Shop Teacher Podcast, the Cup episode with Mr. G and Mr. Barbercheck. It is July thirtieth, I think. We yeah, are, we are. That. Thought we were at the edge of the COVID, but it's still here, and we're still going strong, and lots going on. Barbercheck's got crazy things going on, so do I. We're trying to improve the podcast. Yeah, what do you got for us, Barbershop? Oh man, I've been busy. I've been busy. I got, uh, I got my own. I got, I guess, a special project going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, um, I'm a big hope for the, hope for the best, plan for the worst kind of guy. So uh, that's kind of the mentality I've had, I'm trying to prep for the school year, and then, uh, yeah, just just distracting myself when I can. I, I, I actually can't dabble in the in the conversation too long or the thoughts too long. And I think it's because uh, my smartphone feed has just gotten to know me too well. And so I see it cross my screen a whole bunch of times. And then by the time it comes up in person, I'm just, I've already overthought it and fried from it all and just got to step away from it all every now and then. Oh, you mean the COVID situation? Yeah, yeah, wondering what school is going to look like and figuring all that out. It's just, you know. It's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming. And, and, yeah, you just can't, like, I just can't think or talk. And, and I'm also a big I'd rather do than talk guy. Yep. You know, hate meetings. It's kind of ironic. I'm a cool <laughs> a podcast a little bit. <laughs> um, and... And so, yeah, so, yeah, sometimes I get kind of caught in these meetings. It's like, man, I'm, I don't, I'm just going to go do something. I'll go uh, trim the bushes there or something. And, yeah. 
it'll do nothing to prepare or solve any of these crazy problems. But I just can't, you know. If I think Hopkins, it, what we're going to keep doing, that's not yeah. going to either. So see ya. I think I think everyone's feeling how you're feeling. The COVID situation uh, came. We thought it went. It's back. LA's having a huge spike right now. Um, but more importantly, staying busy. So uh, as everybody knows, we've been doing the um, uh, weekly uh, Wednesday night, uh, um, you know, meetings. Those have been going pretty yeah. well. And then recently, we have um, uh, hired an editor. So now we can kick out more content from those nights. And potentially, uh, we have some plans to do some uh, you know, video interviews, uh, shop tours, maybe use some of the Matterport material. And, uh, yeah. and yep. And there's a lot going I'm so, on. Yeah. I'm so excited for that I'm, because I've missed like the last two or three meetings. And part of that comes in from my, my need to distract myself with large projects. So I take on these large projects and it's like, yeah. Um, but, but you have, and then, as, and as you're kind of behind the scenes. So we still have conversations about planning, right? Like that. And that's the other part is also with the other, you know, the sauna project you just finished. I'd love to hear about that too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a project. And then, yeah, you're right. There's some behind the scenes stuff, um, with this that, you know, I juggle that ball a few times by the time the meeting comes up. I'm like, I've already juggled that ball enough this week. And, but I'm excited to know what I missed. And so I'm just thinking of this from, a, you know, a, 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 the end user's perspective, like for us to have edited content that I can tap into when it's convenient for me or when I'm in the right mindset to, you know, digest that. Right. Um, and, and if it's when it's, when it can be condensed, if it's that style of topic or even when it can be organic and just long form, and and I'm in that mode it, to have it out there accessible. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, we're doing editors. we're yeah we're doing both. So we got the we got you know we put out the long form if we think it's good. Uh, you know, not we don't want to bore anybody, and if it's on topic, and then we also have we're going to do ten minute or twelve minute clips that come just like Joe Rogan has clips, you know, and so does my yeah. friend uh, Hyperchange Galileo Russell. He'll do a long form, but then he'll do a clip channel. We, we're going to do all one channel, but uh, clips because, you know, this way, if you only got 10 minutes, that's really – and it also it's on topic, whatever topic the thumbnail or the title says. What did I miss yesterday? What did you – I see I see that PD was uh, – uh, you know, I, I wasn't in that. Uh, yeah. What did you guys what, – what, uh, what did I as well as the other, the other folks out there miss? So the PD is everybody's excited about having shop class podcast PD professional. development. Yeah. So, but we were hesitant to do that. And I say, we, you know, also, you know, barber check on the line here, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> I, was. I am. Yeah. So I am. <laughs> no, understandably because we were so bogged down with just trying to do the editing and the planning uh, you know, and trying to catch up with uh, interviews that we just put off the PD, even though people were excited. So now we're like, you know what? Uh, actually, I just finished reading this book about systems and why small businesses fall, fail is because they might have inspiration and might have good labor, but then they 
they fail to create a system and free up the CEO or the boss to do what's best for the community of their business. And so what we're trying to do is say, well, eight or 10 hours of, of, of me editing, that's not really a good use of my time. So now that we're going to get, we got an editor, we got a format, we'll see how it goes. Um, now that that's off our plate, now we can say, yeah, well, what kind of PD do you want? And that was the conversation the other day on Wednesday. We said, what does shop class podcast PD look like? Literally, like, what does it look like for you? And the main question was, what's the worst PD you ever had? And what's the best PD you ever had? And there were some really good answers. You know, I saw the write-up that came through in the inbox. And, and uh, was that Matt taking notes? Those were some great yep. notes. Yeah, BloomQuest uh, was taking right. notes during that meeting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I'm still, yeah, I'm still hesitant to, it's such a huge commitment and, and I don't like putting my name on projects unless I feel like I can get close to the end target. Uh, however, um, some people have been stepping up to the plate and, and that, I, you know, we may not have to fully put my, our names on the project or, uh, I may not have to, um, and I've got a little special project. I just can't. Dis- I wish I could disclose a little more. I've just got some. I don't know. Proprietary. Is the don't right say word, it. Don't. Just, don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got some. I've got some behind the scenes work I'm working on here. And I'm gonna um, you right now, Bar- Barbara is a wizard. He came up with a really cool system, and uh, I'm sure when he's ready, it'll benefit the shop teacher community. It's kind of a cool project. Yeah. So that's that's where my energies are going, and. Um, you know, when, when we talk about it's, 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 we're talking something that's of the magnitude of planning a wedding. You realize that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, bringing guests into one location, finding a venue. For the professional. Um, yes. For an in-person PD opportunity. Uh, and whoo-wee, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I think the pieces will fall where they need to um we have a magic way of things working that way but yeah that, that's a that's a tall order but i'm glad we're able to talk to people and we have uh i'm thankful for the people that chip in well the main and, thing is we got to figure out what kind of wedding does everybody want to have are we having a destination wedding <laughs> i mean professional development <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah but you're right it's that magnitude it's pretty big deal um but the thing is that well, it was a fun conversation because I said, listen, we're not setting any dates yet and we're not, um, you know, committing to a format yet. We just want to see, is it going to be online? Is it going to be in person? Is it more craftsmanship, skill-based? Is it more lecture, uh, whatever, you know? So the result of the kind of consensus was that I think that people, what they, the skill stuff is good. Like you actually get to make stuff. That's great if we can do that. But, Believe it or not, getting the chance to speak with as a group, um, maybe like a, a celebrity shop teacher of some sort, uh, that was a lot. That was requested a lot. They said they like, got a lot of out of basically they want live insight, you know, not just downloaded insight. You know, like some you could, you could always watch an Adam Savage video, but some pe- people were saying, well, what, what about a shop teacher that has a lot of experience or, uh, and maybe has some sort of 
um, you know, big jump they took. Maybe they have a business as well. And uh, maybe they're like kind of a minor celebrity. Well, that would be really cool because if you could get to talk with them in the shop teacher format where you really get to pick their brain, uh, a lot of people were excited about that. That's what they mentioned. And then, you know, and then you obviously have some other people. Well, let me pause there. So that's one of the main things that I heard. So uh, like who, what's, what, who's an example of, of that person right now? Well, I don't actually know, but some name kind of sounds like a Batman character in a way. <laughs> you know, like like runs a business, is in the front lines of teaching at the same time. Oh, that's funny, Batman. Uh, celebrity status, like this. I'm I'm wait like there's like a person behind the mask. Here. That's pretty like, much. That's just pretty much what I'm striving to be. I want to be Batman. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're you're the guy. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, the 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 professional development uh, topic is a good one to discuss, and I think it's very wise for us as educators to be more vocal about, hey, here's what works and here's what doesn't work. And you know what I think is overlooked very frequently mm. is we sit here and we talk about all these methods we need to use with our students, and when it comes to PD, the education sector is a giant hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't accommodate, they don't uh, you know, work towards interest. Oh, they don't well, that's funny. True. constructivism. They le- lecture, you know, and it's like, what is this? Yeah. You know, and then yeah, and I I know, you know, you know I think uh kind of undercurrent of what people are saying when they want to hear from this Batman figure is someone told me early in my career, you learn, you teach how you learn. Mm. And if the only type of teaching you've been exposed to is very traditional teaching, then that's pretty much the only type of learning you've been exposed to. And that's the only type of teaching more or less you're going to end up doing. And so I have found when I take classes from a various, various styles of instructors, it does really great benefit for my teaching style because it, it's given me a new how in my learning, which now gave me a new how in my teaching. And I found that to be very beneficial. So would you agree that's kind of what people are talking about when they want this live Batman figure super? Yeah, I think they want. Um, yep. I think they want insight. Cool. I think they want insight into and, and also not just insight, but accessible insight. I mean, it's all based on. The community, you know, um, you know, getting together. I think we like learning from each other. That's why everybody shows up on the Wednesdays. Get to hear about yes. different, diverse backgrounds and diverse teaching environments. And then you have uh, new new teachers that are asking for help. Um, you know, we had that question all. They said, "What kind of insight?" Like actually, um, Shar was on there, and she said she's she's doing some new TV shows and whatnot. And, you know, she's like, you know, she would like to catch up or talk about teaching experience and how do you run a classroom and stuff like that. And, um, I said, you got the perfect crowd. Like, absolutely. We would help you, you know? And then you obviously have people like Emma, I guess. And, you know, pretty much me 
from, you know, 15 years ago. I wish I knew. And if there is a 25 year veteran, I would love to hear what they have to say. I was trying to get some, you know, retirees in. It, it was just difficult to get them the, you know, they don't really like doing this stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think insight, but accessible, not just like watching a lecture. I don't really want to watch a TED talk, you know, because you, you could just do that. But I think a participation TED talk, basically, uh, uh, you know, would be amazing. And then obviously the ultimate would be getting everybody together, uh, you know, in person to do a project. Um, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. Well, that frequent panel participation, I think, is really good um, because and here's why I think that's good. And here's why I think that and that kind of Batman figure is just that a little bit of a Batman figure is because like you, you in the last two minutes, you listed off Char, who teaches more in the private sector. Yeah, if I, uh, understand yeah. correctly and teaches ages eight to eighty. Right. Uh, then you got Emma, who's second year teacher, just wrapped up her first year switching districts from Michigan to Colorado, is taking on a STEM, uh, more directed program, it, it sounds like, this year. And and then you've got even just the differences between me and you, which me and you ought to happen to be kind of similar in our arenas. But even still, there's very vast differences in that, like, you don't teach middle school, and I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes this this uh if there was to be this batman figure i think that's what makes him just that this kind of like hidden behind a mask thing is because i like that you use the word accessible my my batman mentor might be different than yours or emma's or char's mm -hmm. just because of of that of that whole breadth of teaching environments and then on top of that at a certain time, there might be somebody, I don't know, I've met some like 20, like very seasoned veteran teachers. And to be honest, I, I sometimes walk away almost a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, only because they end up, uh, they, they get a little broken record-ish. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just something we all kind of fall victim to as we, as we, we get stuck in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But teaching is so, it's, it's so artistic mm -hmm. that, uh, the, that the insight is good when there's respect for the individual style. And, and sometimes I've collected the insight and I'll use the insight and it's great but I've walked away just needing a little something more. And I think that's what you guys are tapping into is like, what is that something? Mm. I, um, I was thinking to myself while you're talking, I was thinking like, who would be my Batman teacher, you know, that, that I want to like learn from. And um, yeah. you're kind of like Batman in training. <laughs> yeah. Robin. Yeah, like, I like, that's really I like all these systems you come up with. It's like amazing, but I'd love to hear from like a 20 or 25 year veteran that did competitions, you know, someone who, Ooh, yeah, I, I think yeah. competitions is like where it's at. That's my new frontier. And, um, God, there must be so such good insight into someone who not just ran a competition one year or two years or three years, but like, imagine if you, 
you had like a really good uh, consistent record. Like, how do you do that every single year? That must be wild. Uh, there must be something to it. So I think that would yeah. be the teacher I'd want to hear from. Do you have a yeah, that's an interesting, yeah? That's an interesting thought experiment. Did you guys run this last night, or is this kind of a no? No, you said Batman. It kind of epitomized yeah. it. Yeah, you kind of you kind of absorbed it. Yeah, that's interesting. So who like who would be? And that's actually it's a you know what I like about this thought experiment is this is a great thought experiment to run. I love thought experiments. I love systems. I also love thought experiments. Yeah. This is a great thought experiment to run when you're stuck. You know, like. Mm-hmm. When you're stuck, whatever whatever your problem you're stuck facing with this with this um, you know in a parallel universe, there there is the expert in this arena, and and what does that person you know look like, or what do they do, or what would I want them to, what questions would I want them to answer? I think I think right now, if I was like who who you know what would if I could imagine this uh, Batman mentor figure. I would, yeah. I would probably imagine someone, someone that is seasoned with experience, because I do think there's kind of like this um, weird wisdom thing that comes that comes to the surface mm-hmm. with age. Um, so I would want that, and I would want that kind of just the calm demeanor. Um, that cold, not, and when I say calm, what I mean is collected. You know, so I don't care what their energy levels are if they're like you know off the walls or whatever but i mean just kind of that collected uh energy level with confidence in their decision making and then i suppose i would want some i would want to talk to someone who um who's got a good recollection of all the learning curves they've climbed Mm. and how they climbed them you know what i'm saying because it's too tempting for all of us to forget just how steep that learning curve was yeah, because once once you once you're on top of the hill, you know what I mean. Of course, you want to enjoy the view. You don't really want to think about the climb, and you, I think that fades from memory. And maybe that's part of the something missing. Is sometimes I I think it would be cool to have the experience and a little bit of a better recollection of, of what the climb was like, and just kind of like just to tell me. Yeah, yeah, kind of like an active. Like a, almost like pretty much the crowd we got going, which is that like active learners, you know, like uh, whereas we don't really want to hear from a veteran that sort of, you know, got by, you know, maybe did some stuff here and there, but got by. I think we want to hear from like someone who, you know, got in, you know, had it one way, you know, made an improvement and, and they were like striving towards some sort of goal and they made improvements along the way. And they're like, by the way, this is this is a big milestone right here. Here's another wave milestone, uh, you know, and exactly like laid it out. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And then if this figure didn't just project all this stuff to you at once, but almost like just chimed in when you needed it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the trenches, mm-hmm. uh, and then that's when they expose their story, you know, their trench story. Um, that would be really, that would be cool. Um, I think, and here's why I think the climbing the learning curve is so important. And I saw it in your guys' notes from last night um, was a comment on learning new software, new CNC and new technology. Mm. And I think 
I think RT, you know what I mean? Like Shakespeare's literally been around for thousands and thousands of years. Right. Um, you know, that nut's been cracked a bunch of times, but uh, we're cracking nuts. And that's not, this isn't to say other teachers aren't, but I think it, it's more prevalent in our sector do because manufacturing and, and the skilled trades are constantly evolving. Right. We're trying to crack these nuts at the same time, help other people crack the nuts. And we're still figuring out how to use the nutcracker. Yeah. Like, like, like it's pretty amazing. Like, um, sure. If you're going to teach, um, let's say, like you said, Shakespeare, I mean, that's a pretty well documented situation. Uh, you know, you might find some new fresh blood in there, but not, you know, it's pretty much well documented. And, but then CNC, well, CNC has been around for like 20, 30 years, but and not as accessible as it's ever been, especially with 3D printing, now 3D cutting, which is CNC. And I, I still don't know exactly how to use G code. And, and yeah, like there might be something specific. You might have a machine in your shop and you want to save it. Uh, and somebody might know how to do it. So maybe it's, it's about linking the right people together um, to, yeah. you know what Making I mean? That- yeah, maybe we could have a connection, mm-hmm. call it the, maybe the right link at the right time connection. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, something like we gotta, that. Mm-hmm, the- we got to rhyme it. Yeah, so that network is there because, because, and, and here's the other thing, and this is, I think this is where I'm getting at with this, like, imaginary fig, mentor figure, mm-hmm. is just a, just that constant reminder and experience. Because here's the thing, I can learn CNC, but that battle is still not going to be done, because beyond CNC, there's going to be new tooling, or the tooling adds more, um, uh, more cutter heads, and then now we're into 3D printing, and that's a new learning curve, you know, additive machining, you know, mm-hmm. and that's constantly going to be at the forefront and so if this figure couldn't always couldn't be like hey what skill do you need um oh it's sketchup you need sketchup that no 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 not specific skill instruction just help me get better at learning how to learn and help me get better at teaching what i don't know and being a better facilitator with students and being like more of a team learner with my students because i just i just you know and this part of the reason i love my job i don't see that kind of imposter syndrome uh, phenomenon ever really going away. I just don't. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, sure, you could teach a, you could, you could train up on a specific thing, like an Arduino thing or a CNC thing, or maybe some old school tools that you acquired lately. But in general, there is a format, uh, you know, the, the, uh, like a best approach towards getting into these things. And uh, yes. Yeah, and so that there's some yeah. good wisdom there. You know, totally. everything from totally. everything from you know ter- wood turning to uh, join. You know, everyone's got a way of maximizing the engagement of the kids, the uh, enjoyment in the classroom. Uh, you know, because there are disaster projects, you can take on that CSC and then have it be a disaster. You could take on a, you know, I've done car projects that were just complete disasters. You know. Uh, I tried to do this. Yeah. I, I tried to do the shell, right. the shell eco marathon thing. Oh, mm-hmm. that was tough. And we were making, we were kind of behind and then COVID hit and we just bailed on the whole thing because yeah. it, it just wasn't going anywhere. So I think my totally. approach was yeah. all wrong. 
And uh, it'll be interesting, you know, someone who's done competitions and maybe maybe it's all related, you know, like how, how you approach bringing in a new project to your classroom. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. And, and yeah, I do not think this figure exists, you know, yeah. well, if it is, it's a uh, reflection of like all of us yeah. at the end of the day, it's gotta be. Um, so, so yeah, man, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And, well, that's well cool. I wanted to add, I'll, I'll have to watch the video. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. So we put it out on yeah. You can watch it on YouTube. It's there. It just says, um, uh, you know, PD. You know, professional development goal. Not you know, not to suck. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I'll also mention like there are some amazing projects that are I call them like the career builder projects. You know, like building that electric car for me like really set the trajectory of my career, and then. You know, uh, Chris uh, Davis building paddle boards that clearly set his career in a direction now, you know. So there are these special projects. And I, even though I've done the car, it doesn't mean I know how to do a paddle board and launch it correctly, like, like a, pr- a proper project launch. Because these things can just fall flat on their head, you know. And, or, and oh, how, yeah. is, how do you take an idea – either your own or someone else's, how do you get it into the forefront? And do you need to? Because sometimes you might need to do a whole year or two where you're under the radar and kids are just doing really good work, but you're not trying to break them. You're so right. You know, so, but if you're ready, if you're, you're so yeah, right. like if you're ready to, to, to shine and you want your, and you, you're like trying to attract money for your program, you're in like grow mode and go mode. Um, you know, there's, there is a formula to that. Like I've never raised money, but I've seen you raise money. That's actually how we met. And then, uh, I don't know how to launch a raising money program. Um, but you do. So the, I think these mm-hmm. strivers, you know, I don't know what to call What do you call that? Like that category of, of, of teaching where you're, you're trying to grow your program at an exponential rate. Like, I don't even know what to call that. It's kind of it's very reminiscent of what an entrepreneur does. Basically, you you could have interchanged yeah. every word regarding education with business and entrepreneurship for the last minute. Yeah, totally. And I think I think it would have made very good sense to interesting the business world. Yeah, because it is, you are trying to kind of lift something up, and when you're trying new ideas like that. You are, and you, the stakes are high. They can be high risk. It's very entrepreneurial. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. It's very true because you kind of like, yeah, you you go for it, and you have it, and you and you're, mm-hmm. and it's a constant improvement, and you're on the fly making changes, but you're documenting it, and then you refine it, you know. So, yeah, there's there's these project or career uh, career special, you know. Uh, they come along. They they don't come along that often, but they do. It's pretty amazing. And I think the way you organized your shop, to me, that was the project that originally, you know, drew me into checking out your Instagram and being like, "Wow, this guy really." You turned like a, 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 a like a room into a workshop, you know, with a system. Oh, it's still in progress. I was just there today working on yeah. the same. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of like an interesting uh, thing, you know, and, and you, and you don't, not everybody needs that type of thing, but 
there are no but it's yeah. out there you know yeah totally that's going back to that that style thing and what's going to match your style and your application for sure cool. so what um what is new jersey looking like when you when you guys are like what if, oh for uh, just for september for back school and everything else uh, I've got my batteries recharged a little bit. If yours are, I'm, I'm Oh yeah, uh, it's um, it's unknown. They have not told us anything. I mean, basically, they put out like a big letter. Uh, the governor put out like a huge pamphlet that no one's going to read. It's like two thousand pages long, basically saying you're authorized to do whatever you see fit for your community. And okay. uh, and at first, it what it said that mandatory that part of it will be online uh sorry will be in person part of it well that could mean anything what part of it is up to you and now now they're talking about maybe not in person so a lot of people are calling out so i think bayonne and a couple other towns are already throwing in the towel for september i personally don't want a band-aid i want someone to say well you know in person to me is the most expensive way to do it. And so it better be worth it. Like I, I, I think the days of just throwing kids in a classroom uh, should be over. Uh, you know, I mean, you might not have this problem, but like in our district, we've got just like, tw- we've got 2,100 kids just in the high school. And uh, you know, what happens is they just throw people in classrooms and, um, you know, and mm. so that's a that's a normal practice, and it really should end because it's a disservice to everyone and everyone who's there. Uh, you know, it's like a, you know, so that that's my feel of what's going on. I don't know what's happening. They might they might cancel September and then see what happens. They might cancel the entire fall. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They uh. They uh. We're in a similar thing where it's kind of local, localized decision making and not a lot of clarity on what it may look like. We've got some. I think I think I have a little more than you do, it sounds like. But this has been I was super optimistic. This is the time that paradigm shifts. Totally. You know, like your grand your your grandparents saved every bent nail and straightened it out <laughs> because they went through the great, yeah. they went through the great depression, you know yeah. what I mean? And that became habit and lifestyle. And maybe that was, that, that's probably not the best example of a paradigm shift, but it is an example of how these things alter lifetime habits. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, all right, boom, paradigm shift. This is our moment. You know, we can make this happen. And our district did, did something I think was pretty cool. They hosted like six listening sessions where the community, anybody from the community could come in and they could say, you know, they could say whatever they wanted. And the superintendent just kind of sat there and he was just ready to field tomatoes or gift baskets. It didn't matter. You know, he was there. And I went in there and I went to a few of them plus listening to conversations online, my optimism just came to a deflating halt. Oh, no. I mean, I'm just now recovering from it. Like it just puts me down because what I heard was basically I walked away realizing this is either the start of a marriage 
or the start of a breakup. Mm. And and society, like the people who employ me are telling me what they want out of our relationship. Mm. And and I'm saying, this is what I wanted. This is what I thought I was doing out of this relationship. This is what I thought I was getting out of this relationship. And they're saying, no, no, no. And so what I mean by that is like, like here's the three kind of complaints I hear like come to that come to surface right out of the bait the the gate instead of kind of like what opportunities and what things can we do differently it's been what about uh SATs like even that came up like really early in one I forgot about SATs oh I wish everyone would yeah no it's uh I don't think there's value in that no i and you know, you know what I think is proof that there's not value in that. How long? How long have we been chasing the SAT rabbit? I don't even know. I mean, I took them. I, <laughs> I don't. Okay. I took them back in '95. So, would you agree that we're handling this situation well? No. It's... Or disagree? I I dis, Yeah, I do not think we're handling this section this situation well. And you know what? That is a reflection mm. of us chasing the SAT rabbit for so fucking long. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean like, yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, uh, you know, YouTube's not going to fix your bike. You know, you can't learn how to drive a stick shift car, uh, by reading about it. And the same applies for being a chef. Imagine you read about being a chef or you read about, mm-hmm. what about rocket science? You're just going to read about it. You you need application. And then the reason why you need application is because you need to light someone's fire. Uh, you know, you know, there's an old saying, education is not the filling of a pail or a bucket. Like you're not just trying to trying to jam facts and figures into someone's head. It's the, you're trying to light their fire. You're trying to get them excited about and give them the tools they need to keep their fire going. And then they'll be self-sufficient at some point. And then contribute something great to society, you know. Knowing facts and figures, yeah, uh, we got Google. It's not a thing. You don't need that. Yeah, the so I agree. Like you need to extract what's already there and improve what's already there when you're educating somebody, and not just fill what's not there. Yeah. Uh, and what and I, I just look at this and it's like, yeah, like we are not like. If let's just rewind and let's say the SAT was good at what it did, and let's say that it pushed for cooperation, could you imagine right now if every American had co- good cooperation skills? Right, right. Like what things would look like yeah. right now? Obviously, there'd still be a pandemic. Mother Nature's going to do that, but I think we'd all feel a little better if we all had co-op the cooperate we'd all earn the cooperation merit badge in the chase of the sat oh yeah sats there's no cooperation yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about that that has nothing to do with teamwork and everything great involves teamwork i mean you can't do anything without having a community around you and it's needed now uh, more than ever so yeah i look at this and so i'm i'm looking at this i'm like okay society you should reckon with the fact that maybe we've been we've underprepared everybody for the realities of the world. It, it's obvious yeah. we've underprepared everybody because we're not handling this situation really well. So let's 
address that. But no, tried and true, tried and true. We got to pursue. And it's like, ooh, man. Yeah, so, I, I, I agree 100%. You know, I mean, you're not going to ask an elephant. An elephant's not going to climb a tree. They're going to fail that lesson. They're going to be, they're going to be really bad uh, and get an F in climbing trees. Uh, the monkey is going to climb a tree. No problem. You know, everyone's different and we, you know, yeah. play up. Basically the problem with the system is it doesn't play up the strengths. It's just, it's just asking you for a minimum compliance. Totally. Uh, and someone could say, like, I've had parents say to me, yeah, but you need a minimum. You need a minimum. What, what minimum? What, what for? I don't understand what for. I mean, uh, can you can we get the elephant to climb up at least a few feet? Would that make you happy if the if the elephant could climb maybe two feet in the air? That would make you happy. You don't want elephants climbing trees. That's not their role. You know, you know what I mean? You got to at right. least you have to at least do this. You have to at least there's a minimum. Really? Are you sure? Because uh, you know, like I, I can't climb trees. Does that make me not fit for society? I know how to drive a car. <laughs> I don't need to climb a tree. <laughs> you know, like I know how to uh, do other things. I can ride a bicycle. You know what I mean? Like, what, why do I need to climb this tree? So they just put these obstacles in front of you that really, we're not, I'm not even sure. And now, is there value in climbing a tree? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Everything involved in that, you, you know, build strength, uh, all, all this stuff. I mean, it, it sounds silly, the analogy, but. To me, it's just as silly to get somebody to learn something that's sort of unnecessary. I would say you only need the stuff that lights your fire and and, and, and it gives you like a chance to contribute something great to society. And, you know, per, I'll give you a quick example. I used to read they, – they gave this minimum out. They said you have to read the paper. I don't know. I was in like fourth grade or something. You have to read the newspaper and report on an article. So I read about car accidents. There was a truck that flipped over. So I read about that. And then my dad said to me, you know, what a waste of time. You're not learning about politics. You need to learn about politics. What are you reading about car? Meanwhile, uh, you know, a thousand years later, this is a career to analyze traffic accidents and find out a solution to minimize that. That's an entire epic career. There's an endless amount of money trying to figure out how to reduce traffic accidents, <laughs> and because I didn't pick right. the political article, you know, articles, my teacher and my dad were like, "You're wasting your time reading about trucks." But maybe I was. Well, they're gonna. Yeah, they're they're going to push what they know and what they're familiar with, and that's that's where I go back to like. Show me the guy who can confidently embrace any learning curve uh, and efficiently um, because if you are going to divert, you know, if you are going to teach to the individuals, yeah, somebody's somewhere like you're going to, there's not a car accident expert in every community, but there are mentors in every community and they're going to have to be able to guide that person through content that even the mentor figure isn't familiar with. And that, that, that's where you're like this person who can, yeah, the, the, the learning curve expert. That would be an amazing yeah. way to teach. So that's, but anyway, so, so that's come up. Okay. I want to get back on yeah, the sure. breakup letter that I, that I feel like society is writing me as they're saying that's, that's important yep. to us. 
um, sports. What about sports? It's another thing that comes out right out of the gate. And I'm not anti-sports, but it's the, the ROI on that is questionable at best. You know, yeah, I. Um, you brought this point yeah. up before. How many people end up? Go, how many students end up going into pro athletes? And I'm not discouraging uh, a, fit, a healthy lifestyle, physical lifestyle, or teamwork. You know, I don't want to. I'm not saying that. I just, I'm just surprised it's a priority. I'll put it that way. That, that, that's the top of our relationship goals. I, I agree. Um, I, know, I won't take. You know, I won't be the dead horse here. But basically, um, yeah, you know. Tell me how many paid athletes on the field, paid athletes that that a school produces. Is it one a decade? Right. Is it one every century? You know, but how many engineers do they produce? How many firemen do they produce? How many cops do they produce? It's a much higher ratio. So I'm not saying you get rid of sports. I played sports. I love sports. But, um, you know, the emphasis, the highest priority is definitely on the sports. And that's questionable. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. And then the last, the last, one of the last things I've seen in this breakup letter is uh, when I've, I've talked to students or, I mean, parents, and I also read online stuff and conversations I've seen, well, I just need to get my kid back. back. In the oh, house. right. And what they're really saying is I need to get my kid out of the house. Yeah. And what they're really saying and is, and I'm, confident this could happen no one would ever admit this but i could say hey i've got a remote home learning school distance learning system that's guaranteed to outperform any education system out there guaranteed hands down and these some of these folks i've had conversations with would would still say i need them out of the house and then then i'm like okay well, then you don't need school. You need daycare. And maybe that's a valid need for you. And yeah. and maybe we should look at that. Yeah, what, that's, not the relationship what they, I, that's not the relationship I'm in. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not, that's not what I do. <laughs> yeah, imagine they split it up and they said, look, uh, we really just need somewhere for these kids to go. And then they can do the online school. But then while they're at daycare, you could have a daycare. Daycare could be amazing. It could be like, why does it have to be in a building? Why not daycare could be uh, you go do an apprenticeship, at, you know, at your favorite, you know, your favorite uh, uh, store or something like that or, or factory or whatever you do. Or right. you do an apprenticeship with the local, uh, you know, uh, rangers. So you learn about nature or you do an apprenticeship uh, learning about infrastructure because that's going on all the time, you know, rather than just this, you know, throw them into a room at this certain location. Um, and I understand these parents. Yeah. And I understand these parents need, you know, need support and that. But what's interesting though, is that I don't think the typical nine to five really exists anymore. So, um, you know, if you work at, if you're a parent, you work at a restaurant, you might work at night. If you're a parent and you are a police officer, you might work at night. If you're a parent and you're a business owner, you might work at really odd hours. Um, so, Getting your kid out of the house is definitely needed, but I think the schools could offer a morning session and maybe an afternoon session and then a, and then a online session. That's, you know, you, you decide when that happens. And also instead of 
teaching, like we teach five classes a day. Well, let's get real. You got to have at least half of those, you know, like two or three or whatever uh, online because the in-person class should really be like, it's the most expensive class. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. So, you know, so I think that we have to just like look at the world and say, not everybody works nine to five. So what do we do about that? You know, uh, and that's what I think is missing from this get them back in school thing. Uh, and, and then also me personally, like, um, why do I have to be there at 740 in the morning or 730 in the morning? I, I don't understand this idea. Why can't I have my morning? Why can't I like go and go snowboarding or go biking? And then I'll go teach in the afternoon or I'll teach, you know, from, uh, let's say, 1 p.m. to uh, 7 p.m. And then I beat the traffic on both ends. And now I still had a beautiful morning. But the problem is that, you know, right in the middle of the day, you're and the earliest possible. And, and you're fighting the, in my area, you're fighting the New York City traffic. Everyone's trying to get to the market because the market's going to open at 930. So the roads are covered and everyone's trying to get into New York City because everyone needs people to work at the restaurants, people to work at the lawyer offices, they work at the market, they work in, and it's all based on the market. The market opens from 9.30 till 4 p.m. That's the market. But not everybody works at the market. That's my point. Is that- you know what? You, yeah, no, no, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. right. Sorry. You, you brought up a, a point. <laughs> you brought up a point I hadn't considered and I want to emphasize it a little bit and I think it's valid and I'd like to see maybe some investigative journalists spend some more time uh, analyzing this. Why, why does, I'm going to entertain the argument that school should take care of and supervise kids because parents need to get into the economy and provide for the economy. I'm going to, I don't, I think the first principle of school is education and, and that should be the God we serve. But I'm going to entertain the argument that it's meant to keep the economy thriving by putting parents in the workplace. Why does day shift have a stronghold on that? Yeah. I don't know. know. That's a great, you know, I'm day shift. Yeah. It's the people making that argument are really making a strong argument, but it's just for day shift workers. And you've got second shift workers and you've got third shift workers and there's a, I'm not sure, uh, there's a bit of entitlement when that, now that I hear, because you made that point for when people make that argument is, yeah, you need them out of the house so you can contribute to the economy for your day shift. But we send kids home all the time to an empty house with, because mom and dad have to work second shift or they're right, they're waking up and getting themselves ready because they have to go to third shift. Interesting. Yeah, what, yeah. Like one, one other point to that is let's say I, let's say I had a flexible job, which is by the way, a lot of people have that now, which is that they got rid of the office. And now like Google already said, you don't have to have come to the office. So pe- people are legitimately closing offices in New York city and in the Jersey area, which is the area I know a lot of people are online now. Okay. So if you're online, uh, you know, you're, you got a flexible schedule. Well, maybe you could like enjoy the day, go hiking, go kayaking, go, uh, you know, learn something, plant a garden during the day with your kids, with your kids. You have 
family time first and foremost, right? And then you, at, then later in the afternoon, kid goes to school, you get online and start working. And the reverse is happening. When everyone's tired, you, they, we get into, everyone goes to school in the morning and everybody goes to work in the morning. Then when you come back, you're tired again because you've been, you just woke up so early Then you get home and your parents just got home from work. They're tired too. So you're not going to do family time. So guess what you do? You sit in front of the TV. That's what we did growing up. We watched MTV. If it weren't for MTV, I don't know what would happen. At least we got some diverse, you know, we had these VJs. I don't know if there's some older, I was just looking up some old VJs. They had these, this girl named Duffy. She was awesome. And they had, you know, the Beastie Boys on there. You know, it was great. But there was no family time at night. Everybody was exhausted. So basically, so yeah. basically the school, by being in the morning, you're, you're killing the family time. And I think that, I think that family time is important. And here's the other part of the breakup letter is when they come out and they say, well, schools need to open. And I'm not making a case for whether schools should open or not. It's not what I'm here to do, but I am looking at what, what the writing on the wall is saying. And schools need to open because kids, kids are safer at school. Whoa, internet. Okay, CDC said that. Pediatrician Association say that. You know what? I'm not going to question it because you guys are bigger and smarter than me and whatnot. But I want to reckon with the fact that homes aren't safe. Mm. Before we put this Band-Aid up, I, I, why, why am I the only one I feel like that wants to reckon with that? Where's the, where's the journalist kind of highlighting that? And, and let's get to the core issue. I don't have answers. Yeah. But I don't want to ignore that problem identification. They, they, laid, they identified a key problem for us. And I don't believe school should be safer than the home. And, and I want to know why. Let's reckon with that. Let's wrestle with that. Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Is it like kind of scary that we live in the one of the most powerful nations in the world and a school is safer than a, than a home environment, we need to reckon with that. It's interesting. And so that's part of it. Everything in yeah. question. I agree. It's interesting that this, so the CDC says, I didn't read it, but you said that basically, yeah, they say it's not safe for a kid. Of course, you don't want a kid staying at home all the time. Sure. They just play video games or whatever. And their parents are like uh, pulling their hair out and this and that. But you know, there's, there's, there's something you said about how if you don't have the structure uh, at home, um, you know, that's fine. But why does it have to be the morning? <laughs> you know, can we at least question that? <laughs> you really – all right, Ron's, Ron's uh, uh, campaign is totally later start time. <laughs> out, you know, I love, I love mornings. I get up, I go bike ride, you know, it's like – and so – but, yes. but, but it's not just that. I mean, I'm biased, but it's putting the whole thing in question. And I agree. So yeah. it's going to be interesting in the fall. What my hope generally just in, in the overarching thing is that I just hope that there's no Band-Aid. I, I think they've got to come up with, just like we always talk about, what actively seeking the – actively optimizing the, the learning situation. You know, what is best for the kids? Yes. That's that's what we got to figure out. And, and it – and sure, we can experiment, but not this thing where like, all right, we'll 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 do online for the fall, but then we're going back to full, uh, you know, once once COVID's over, 
well, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't perfect before. So COVID really gave you a chance to shake things up. This goes back to people liking what they know, and they do hesitate when you start preaching experimental ideas like we've done the last hour yeah. or so. And it, it, the thing is, it's all a giant experiment. Mm -hmm. It's been an experiment this whole time. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see why we, if tried and true is actually true, then maybe, but it's, it's not, you know, we don't have the evidence. I think, I think, I think everybody could back up what you're saying. Uh, not everybody, most people, I'm going to say most people, if you ask them, Hey, was high school chaotic? They're going to say, yeah. Like, I, like, I don't remember school being calm. It was like wild. Yeah. It was totally wild. Could you imagine if school had the same recognition of like an advanced rank in the military? Not the equivalent, but like the prestige and honor that comes with that. Or like, I'm an Eagle Scout. I run into the, an Eagle Scout on the street, and there's like a common wavelength that him and I, or her and I now, are on. And that's really cool if high school had that, you know, I mean, there's an emotional response and you're right. School doesn't have anything close to that emotional response. I didn't have a negative experience in school, but it doesn't come with like this emotional response of pride and, um, an idea of a common struggle, you know yeah. what I mean? Of, um, whatnot. So I just don't know what I want to write back in this, um, relationship boundaries or letter that is happening right i like now. the concept and, though you're saying you know you kind of have this you know yeah the school system's basically showing their cards it's interesting it's a it's a big thing to deal with and it is overwhelming i mean anyone listening now probably either uh finds it interesting or has some ideas of their own um you know they definitely are welcome to chime in uh and, and obviously yes i won't be surprised if we get some pushback we got a little while <laughs> yeah but I would love, I would love to hear yeah. it. And, 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 and listen, let me tell you just to brighten it up. I mean, obviously we don't, we don't have, it goes without saying, but just in case, you know, I mean, the moment where you have like a cool connection with a kid and you get to, you know, build something or weld something or whatever. And then it, then that kid graduates and, you know, starts their career and you get some feedback. I mean, that's just amazing. So that's like a magical moment, you know? Uh, but I think we could, I think we're a little bit, there's a big tolerance. Uh, those are, they seem random to me. It, they they are random. You know what? I just stopped when you were listing that because, because I'm experiencing something similar in, in one of my student relationships here. And it's a high, it's a good high. And as you're listening, to that, I was reflecting on that. Like, oh, I got this thing going on where, you know, I'm help coaching the student and, you know, I'm seeing some, uh, the return on investment really kick in and it's, it's a long-term investment. I can see the growth on this. I think it's really cool. Man, if you, here's what I want to write in my letter. Cheese and peanuts. If you could just increase the frequency of that, empower me to increase that, I'd show my cards. I'd be like, well, fine, cut my pay 75%. You know, <laughs> if you gave me that many, yeah. that much of a stimulus that uh, emotionally, man. Yeah, and you know when when you listen to uh, just to bring it back, tie in the entrepreneurial spirit. 
you know, I was listening to Jeff Bezos the other day. Now he, it's controversial because there's, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like Amazon. There's people, what? yeah, there's people that like Amazon, you know, <laughs> but when you ask him about how do you deal with certain things in your, in your company, like how did you scale this or how did you do that? And he talks about people and he says, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to optimize the situation for the customer. Uh, and so, for instance, they put reviews online. So this is an interview I saw with him. They put reviews online, almost like social media. And the publishers gave put pushback. They said this was when it was books. We don't want our reviews on there because some of them are negative. And what he said was, we're not selling books. We are charging a premium on a book for for better selection you know you probably heard that truck passing by but anyway but but the but what they're trying to do is they're trying to set what they're selling is a service to people and it part of that service is letting you know if the book is bad and the publishers didn't understand that the publishers thought well why won't you why won't you just publish the good reviews and delete the negative reviews and what happened was he responded and he said, well, that would not be the best interest of the customer. And we are charging on top of the book for that service. We don't sell books. We sell an optimized service. And it, it's a paradigm shift in mentality. So the same approach could be taken to schools. You could say, we are here for the students, not we are here because we really like the idea of ringing a bell at 7:30. It's like who cares if you ring a bell or not? Is that the best thing for the kids? <laughs> you know. Oh man. Yeah, so on that yeah. note, uh, leave us a review, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and a negative review, that would be fine cuz we'll improve. <laughs> I don't care. I don't I don't even know if that can be done. I don't even – I still don't know if we're on Apple Podcasts fully. I don't know. But feedback is welcome. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That was a, that was a good right, one, man. man. Oh. That, was, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, laying in bed for hours. Yeah. And so anybody still listening, thank you for listening. And you know where <laughs> to find us. Uh, absolutely. And we need, we need – actually, we got an upcoming survey – coming out i think bloom quest is going to put it out soon and we want to know what you think of uh pd and then also we need yeah. a we need a sign out call yeah what do you mean so give us one of those too i don't know you know i like some podcasts wrap up and they like end with a quote they're like this is so and so reminding you that oh yeah stay classy oh know? yeah 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 uh shop teacher podcast i don't know i don't have one We'll just get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's a good right. chat. I'm going to watch that YouTube. Yeah, video yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Catch Bye. you later.